Blessing peace on you. Welcome, 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 guys, to this special edition, episode 120 of The Prophetic Life. I'm Troy Brewer, and this is something that we do all the time. Do you guys have me on over there? I want to make sure that my audio is working. Yes. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yay, man. We have a Houston. Houston, we have a go. I have spent the last hour with uh, Brother Jamie Galloway doing the Revelation Report. And we didn't have any issues at all. And then we got ready to go to Darren Stott up in Seattle. You know, there's just all kinds of craziness going on up in Seattle. You know, there's just all kinds of craziness. And so our audio hasn't been working. But you know what? We're actually working on that right now. And I'll go to Darren here in just a minute. But you're like, okay, so what's difference? What is the difference between the Revelation Report and the Prophetic Life? The Prophetic Life is an online community. It is a private community that I have for people for, for people who specifically partner with me and help me save boys and girls out of sexual trafficking all over the world. And uh, be like, what do you do? Well, we go through a host of different topics and I actually coach people through it. It's Most of these sessions are an hour long and today I'm doing my 120th episode. We just started this about six months ago, something like that. We have covered numbers that preach. We will continue to do that as we discover uh, new numbers and fascinating stuff. We go through certain books of the Bible. We go through redeeming your timeline. We go through the goodness of God. We go through things like administrative things like, okay, what should our policies and procedures be? What are our values? What are our I am statements? All these kinds of things. Like, how do you come up with your own on that? How do you hear God speak? How do you enter into a much more prophetic dream life? How do you interpret uh, what God Almighty is speaking through the modern day events going on around us and through the headlines of everything. We actually look at the stars like, why would you do that? Because the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork and day into day utter speech. And there is no and not in the night. It reveals knowledge and there is no language where their voice is not heard. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. I have a book that's called Looking Up. We, we, we go through chapters of that. Uh, we have gone through the workbooks that I put out, and I actually just coach people through that. I will typically spend 30 to 40 minutes talking about a subject, and then we go through a time of question and answer. Well, usually this is private, but today it's public because I want you to know about the prophetic life. And if at any point you'd like to be connected to this for our future sessions, all you got to do is go to troybrewer.com or you can call us at 877-413-0888. Well, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I have a friend of mine and I, you know, there are some people that God puts in your life because they don't have any friends and they need a friend. And uh, Pastor Darren Stott is certainly one of those people. And uh, he's actually, he is such, listen, he doesn't need any more friends. He's got more friends he knows what to do with. And he is actually my good friend. And he's coming, he's coming to us from uh, the Seattle Revival Center in big time Seattle, Washington. Here he is. Let's see if his audio works. 
Boom. Hey, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. I I didn't know if your audio was going to work. It's kind of like, will the shoot open? Is it going to open? Oh, boom. So you can hear me okay, can you? I can. I can. Now, I, I know that, you know, you're at the very last second, man. You were just trying to fix stuff and you're trying to, hey, thanks. Thanks for fighting through that, man. Thank you. The, the resistance is real. And, uh, hey, Pastor Troy, uh, it's such an honor to call you a friend. You're right. I don't have a lot of friends. I, I did read that book, uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People. Um, and uh, uh, it's not working for me. But thank no. you for being uh, a friend. I, I think that probably my love gift each month probably helps. But um, <laughs> It uh, does. Man, it's an honor to be on here with you. Can't wait to... To, to chat with you, learn from you, man. It's always, always so much fun. I am uh, today, man. We're going to, rip, bro. We're going to go through some crazy stuff. I'm looking for my top five, and I cannot find it. So I'm going to ask Giles to find it for me here. If you guys have it, I, I need somebody to give that to me. But today, I'm going to ask you. I'm going, I'm going to fastball some questions, and we're going to go through some things. You give me what you got on it, and then we'll actually go through and we'll look at. We'll actually look at the comments and look at the questions and uh, see what we can do to help people through this. Um, I'm looking already right now, and I want to just tell you this, man. We have people from all over the world. I'm looking at Michigan. I'm looking at the Philippines. I see Boise, Idaho. Uh, I see Portland, Oregon. I see da, 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 California. I see, uh, who else do I see on here? I see West Hollywood. Hello, Tina winners. Good to see you. Uh, I see, who else do I see in here? Oh my gosh. There's people from all over the world that, uh, I see Ireland again. Good to see you. It's good to see Northwest Georgia in the house. I see Julieta, Idaho, um, Livermore, California. Uh, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. So many people from so many different parts of the world. And uh, today's going to be good. Uh, uh, Jasper, Alabama. Whoa, man, I know some of those troublemakers. Have you, you ever been out to Jasper, Alabama? No, sir. Man, dude, I went out there to a church uh, in Jasper, and I'm sure it's this group of people. I'm telling you some of the greatest people ever. I, I, was so, I went out there not having any idea. And I was, I just left there and went, that was a good group of people, man. There's a church out there that I got to connect you with, man. Okay. So uh, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, man. Let's go. Welcome. Welcome, my friend, to the prophetic life. All right. I'm going to pull this up. First question. First bull out of the chute. Now, for one thing, tell us a little bit about you just so that people know who you are and people know what you do. Go. Absolutely. So, uh, Pastor Seattle Revival Center just celebrated 12 years of pastoral ministry. Go. My grandpa pastored here. My dad pastored here. I said I would never pastor here. I got hurt in this church, left this church. My parents went through a divorce, um, and yet the Lord used this place uh, to restore me. So I was broken here, but I was also restored here. So restoration is a huge part of what we're doing here um, in Seattle. And uh, man, people are getting saved, uh, healed, delivered. Our church is probably uh, uh, tripled in size uh, 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 j just just recently. We just added a third service. Wow. Uh, people, I mean, we're, we're really seeing the power of God, uh, not just at Seattle Revival Center, but in churches all over the greater Seattle area. There's something fresh happening in the Pacific Northwest. 
Outstanding, man. I was with you uh, a few months back. I don't know, maybe six, seven months back. I really don't remember how long ago it was. Now, listen, I'm old, Pastor Darren. So when I say six I or seven years, that could be like that could be like 21 years. <laughs> I, I, it's true. So, well, I see. Okay, I guess you're in a hurry for me to get get up there and get. Okay, so here's the first one. <laughs> Okay. 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 My team was like, "Okay, please don't talk anymore. We just want you to start answering <laughs> these questions. It's just Do not strong. jump the gun. Okay, <laughs> get your fingers off the buttons over there. Okay. So, listen, I'm going to ask you a couple of things. And uh, first one is this: If you're going to coach us through and say, "How do you deal with haters?" Number one, uh, you've dealt with some real persecution and you've dealt with some real hatred there in the region where you're at. And uh, you've actually went to the, what do you call those zones? What do you call that zone? Yeah, there was the uh, the Chaz. Uh, it was also known as CHOP. Uh, it was an autonomous zone in Seattle where they didn't think they were in the United States of America anymore. So they felt like uh, no laws applied to them. And it was, uh, it was basically a hell on earth there for about a month. And, and you didn't run away from that place. You actually put together your teams and you went in there and you prophetically walked around and prayed for people and God did some amazing things. Can you share a little bit of that with me? Yeah, we were there the last four days. So we were there the day that the police came in and, and officially ended it. Um, and uh, the Lord, through a word of knowledge, uh, connected me with the, with the leader of CHOP, the guy that was put in charge there for the final hours. Um, his name was Rio. He if you just Google uh, Seattle Chop, you'll see pictures of him on top of cars and with the press and the media. I got a word of knowledge for him. He let me pray for him. Uh, he asked me, he said, pray for me. He put out his hands. Um, it, uh, we got to minister to the head of Chop Security, believe it or not, but they actually had a, a head of security who was packing a firearm a firearm, and uh, and he he just wept and wept. And the, the cool part is we ministered to him in front of the news cameras um, so that was on the news, us prophesying, praying uh, for uh, for Rick. Uh, and so we were there with their blessing. There was a, we had our, our lives threatened on the very first night. Uh, a, a guy told us if we ever uh, came back that they would, that they would kill us. Um, and so um, uh, we reported that to CHOP and we, we had, we had their security looking out for us. And a few times they actually stepped in. So a few of our guys didn't get beat up. It was a it was a, a terrifying place to be, and yet we were there kind of legally underneath the law of chop. <laughs> we, well, brother, we saw people I, saved. We saw people saved, delivered of, of, of actual demons. I mean, we we saw people healed, incredible healings. It was incredible. You know, I've I have never experienced that, uh, but I have been like in in lots of prisons in Mexico and also in Central America where when you go into the prison, you have to have the permission of the warden to get into the prison. But, but once you get past the gate, you have to have permission of the drug cartel guy that runs the inside of the prison. And yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to ask, you have to have their written permission and they're running, they are running the prison inside and you have to have their permission. And it was very much like that for you, but these were on the streets of Seattle. Yeah, and I think what made it so scary is that um, the majority of the people, in, including leadership, and uh, uh, were high on all kinds of drugs. In fact, drugs were being given out um, uh, from, you know, at, well, 
there's just drugs. People just giving out everything from pills. So you got people that are that are tripping, and then they're also uh, they're also caring. They're packed. Like we saw um, uh, AR-15s, shotguns, pistols. So you got people that are that have weapons. Uh, a guy with a with a shovel that every so often would flip out and just start attacking people with his shovel. Um, a, a kid with a hatchet, like a, like a really like a crazy black ninja hatchet with no shirt on that would just go around just swinging this thing and so that made it pretty terrifying and the later it would get the more paranoid everybody would get and that was also part of the strategy of of the of the police department in uh, working also uh, uh with uh, with the fbi is to make them paranoid um and to and and possibly maybe even um uh Anyway, so there's some interesting strategies that were used in order to break it up. And the, the strategies, they worked. And uh, Seattle got uh, her city back. Outstanding, man. Well, listen, I can't tell you how proud we are, all of us here at Open Door Church and all of us that are part of the prophetic life and our community. I've talked about you so much. I've had you on my podcast, my television shows, my radio shows, actually here at the church several times, which, which you didn't preach very well. So I probably won't have you come back there. <laughs> But outside of that, if I could find some way to edit you, I I might have you come back. Oh, I, I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah the symbol, the symbol, dude. No, it was rock star, man. It was so good. It was so us. It's like the, this the best guy. part was uh, just seeing your face for the first yeah. 20 minutes of that message. And then at one point, you shouting out from the front row. You need notes for that. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I've never been right. I lost I've my notes. By the senior pastor of a church before. Well, oh, I, I totally heckled you. Minister the word of God. I mean, no, no. Well, listen, that's me. That's how I roll. You know, I get all kinds of hate mail here locally for heckling people. No, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I love that. But dude, the, you literally had a gong, and I don't, I don't remember your sermon because there really wasn't any good content. But I do remember you banging this gong, just going gang, 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 gang. I was just like, they're going. <laughs> hey, you were talking about dealing with the noise. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, it's interesting because we, we were talking about the, the Hebrew word uh, tuhu as seen yep. in Genesis 1, where it says yep. that, the, that the spirit of God was hovering in the, in the chaos and the anarchy. And the, in the word actually means nonsensical. And it is funny because a lot of Christians define peace as the absence uh, of, of chaos. And the truth is, is that the prince of peace finds his home in the middle of chaos. And so uh, the point of that message is that we've got to stop trying to manipulate environments so that we, so that we don't define peace as the absence of drama, right? That the oh. church of Jesus Christ, we need to start to be able to say, no, we feel the most at home when everything is hitting the fan, it's going crazy. That's when we need the heroes to arise is when in areas of injustice, the peacemakers come in and to execute the justice of God to restore peace. And so, um, man, I, I think it's so funny. You got Christians on Facebook that are like, uh, if you've got people in your life that are full of drama, get rid of that. Like, no, like, like, oh, I can't hang out with that person because he's got a demon. And then you look at Jesus and he, he was attracted to people where there was no peace. All they were was drama. He, 
he he recruited 12 drama queens to be his disciples you know <laughs> in the way it could sound but um you know so yeah it's 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 uh that that was that message with the gong it's like yeah there's noise and the noise is the ingredients that we use to create according to genesis one that's amazing man all right bro well Here's the deal, Pickle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some questions, and then you're going to coach everybody through this. And for everybody that's just now tuning in, uh, you're listening. The reason why I'm on twice today, I, was, I, just, I just got uh, through doing a, a live podcast across, across all of our social media with Brother Jamie Galloway through our Revelation Report. I know that he's a good friend of yours as well. Right yeah, on. And then, yeah, I love him. And then, but now for everybody that's watching, I'm here with Darren Stott. And uh, someone who I don't like near as much as I do uh, Jamie Galloway. But nonetheless, I'm bringing him to you today. (laughs) Anyway, with that said, man, this is the prophetic life. And this is what we do in the prophetic life. And we do this for a private group for people who actually sign up for it. But we're doing it across all platforms to let you know that you can be a part of this. You can join. We have about a thousand people that's involved in it right now. And I'd like to grow that. I would like to impact as many people as I possibly can. So uh, you can sign up for that by going to Troy Brewer dot com or by calling 877-413-0888. Pastor Darren, I have a question for you, and this is the first subject matter. Are you ready? I'm ready, sir. How do you deal with haters? Go. First of all, you need to expect them. If you're going to follow the Christ, the one who we worship, the one who was crucified, then you better expect people to try to crucify you. So number one, expect them. Expect haters and don't be bummed out when they show up. Uh, you're following Christ. The haters are going to show up. Okay. Um, number two, uh, love them. Remember that flesh and blood is not the enemy. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and crazy, creepy things and in in, in in places. They do, however, manipulate flesh and blood. But we love the haters. But we're also not afraid to deal with the haters. Now, there's been a teaching in the church that says to ignore your critics. Okay. The problem with that is Acts chapter two. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes and they all get filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess who shows up? The haters show up. Whenever Jesus shows up, whenever the Holy Spirit shows up, the haters are always going to show up. And what did they do? They began mocking. The believers, they said, you guys are a bunch of drunks. You guys are acting like fools. Peter stands up and what does he do? He deals with the haters. He deals with them and he speaks to them. He doesn't ignore them. Now, here's the thing for people that tell you just to ignore the critics. If Peter would have ignored the critics, then we would have missed out on the very first revival of the first century where thousands of mockers became believers and receivers. Why? Because Peter did not ignore them. He addressed them. And he said, we're not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 a.m. We're only very in the morning. filled with the, it's only 9 a.m. You know, <laughs> you know, we're not having mimosas with our scrambled eggs. You know, this is the glory of God. And he said, um, and then he begins to preach to them. And guess what? They get converted. If you ignore people, you're not loving people. If you hate somebody, you ignore them. That's one of the worst things you could ever do to somebody is to treat somebody as though they don't exist. So number one, expect the haters. Okay. Number two, 
love the haters. And number three, address the haters and realize that that's what love does. Love confronts. And if you really love somebody, confront them. Uh, and, and realize you're not just wrestling them, but you're wrestling a principality and a power. But greater is he who is in you than any sort of creepy demonic thing that would like to exploit no. people that are just being manipulated by cultural ideologies. Well, hey, listen, I want you to quit beating around a bush and go ahead and tell us what you really think. Uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, listen, guys, the prophetic life is very casual for me. This is me mentoring people through. This is not me uh, using the pulpit of Open Door Church. This is not me that. This is me being incredibly relational with the people that I interview and also, too, with the people that, I'm, that are, are taking the time to watch us. Be sure and type up your questions or your comments because we're going to get to that and i have a team full of people that's actually going through every single comment looking for the right questions and we will get to those all right so pastor darren that was outstanding man i actually preached a message this last sunday that was called the warrior bride and it's about silence is not an option for us wow. it is not an option for us and i preached that message and uh i would encourage you pastor darren to watch that as well because you might get saved all right, let's go to, that was great. That was a great answer, man. That was good, good, good stuff. Let's go to the next topic. Next topic, since you're talking about dark things, is this, angels and demons and spiritual warfare. Angels and demons and spiritual warfare. Okay, so you were just talking about, hey, man, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But we actually, there, let me let me ask you this. Are, are, are angels just a metaphor and demons just a metaphor? Obviously, no, they are certainly not. And so what's real is, is that um, there are true manifestations of both of these things. I want to ask you this. Have you ever encountered a demon or have you ever encountered uh, an angel? And uh, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, interesting, because my dad was uh, an Assembly God minister for uh, 25 years, uh, and yet he had a crazy encounter with the Lord that brought him from being a very reserved, traditional Assemblies pastor to inverting him and bringing him into a supernatural realm where he became, and he never would have used this this terminology but he became a, a, a modern day contemporary christian mystic before that term was even popular nowadays that term's a little bit popular but he entered into a realm where he would see the manifest glory of god with his eyes open the lightnings of god would fill the room the glory of god would come my dad did a lot of work throughout indonesia um, and a lot of the places where he would go um, uh, uh, he would actually see the lightnings of God come. The angels of God hmm. would come and begin making maps on the wall. And he would write out these maps on pieces of paper where he oh. would give them to pastors in Indonesia and they would tell him where he was supposed to go. There was a couple places that he showed up uninvited and unexpected. And when he arrived, they already knew he was coming because the angels of God told him that a pastor was coming. And so, um, I kind of grew up in this place of, of, of seeing my dad go from being a very religious kind of guy to being a guy that was really led by the glory and led uh, by the angelic. So angels are here to help us. We don't worship them. We don't whatever. I don't, well, I know we always say, I've never actually met a Christian that worshiped a, an angel, but they are heavenly servants uh, from the Lord. They are neglected servants um, in the body of Christ because more Christians are kind of freaked out by angels than 
than partnering with them. But the same is true when it comes to uh, the demonic. You know, in the 80s, everything had a demon and there was a demon behind every bush. And if you watch Smurfs, you'd get yourself a demon. And, you know, and so you couldn't go to bowling alleys and your, your wife couldn't wear makeup or wear, you know, there's just all these rules because of the fear of demons swinging all the way to where we're at right now, where you don't, in most churches, you don't hear the topic even uh, addressed. And yet the best-selling uh, novels, uh, the highest-grossing movies, um, the, 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 what we see as far as the mass marketing to children, uh, it all involves witchcraft, curses, how to train your dragon. Uh, everything is so geared around the supernatural. And yet where Paul says to the Corinthian church to not neglect spiritual matters and not to be ignorant of supernatural realms, uh, the church is so ignorant when it comes to uh, spiritual warfare and the battle for life. That, that at the end of the day, Jesus came, not that we would have belief, but that we would have life and life abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we'd have life. So there's a very real battle. And, um, and uh, I remember Paul Keith Davis and Bob Jones and uh, Bobby Connor, they were warning the church for years that third world manifestations of the demonic were going to be released in the United States and that uh, that the extreme manifestations of witchcraft that you would see in third world countries, that we are going to begin seeing that in the United States. And it's happened. It's here. It's on our it's on our television sets. It's it's our children are more familiar with. Uh, the supernatural, and it's not because VeggieTales is equipping them to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. It's because um, it's because Mickey Mouse the Wizard started the first uh, schools of the supernatural back in the 80s, uh, when the when when uh, the church was just beginning to step out of any sort of form of the supernatural. So we have to go back to First Corinthians chapter 12, beloved. We must not be ignorant of the supernatural, the realms of the spirit, and spiritual gifts. We have to become battle ready because there's a very real battle uh, that we're in right now. Wow. Okay. So here, here's my take on everything that you just now said. And I would say this there, we have to avoid and we have to shun the modern day Sadducee spirit that does not believe in resurrection or supernatural power. Those, this, that bunch becomes the enemies of Jesus. The Sadducees were huge, hugely opposed to the miracles and the resurrection power of Jesus. It says, and the Sadducees do not believe in miracles. They do not believe in, in supernatural power. They do not believe in encounters. And it's something that we have to deal with today is the modern day Pharisaical, Sadduceeical spirit within the church that says, man, we just don't want to mess with that. It's just too scary. It's just too weird. Uh, I don't know about any of that. Okay. Here's here's weird, okay? When you were with me uh, out at uh, Third Stage Ranch in Glen Rose, Texas, here um, this last year, we went out to the back part. Uh, I have a uh, the back part of my ranch, and we got back there, and I I made a big giant bonfire, and I told you I said, man, I come out here and I seek the Lord, and the angel of the Lord shows up in this fire. Did it, did I actually tell you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw yeah. it. And then we started seeking the Lord and then God showed up and then the fire starts forming this, the angel of the Lord. I actually brought a picture here and you can see it. There's a picture. We just reached up and just 
you know, it started taking, you can see me in the background back there and that's me back there praying on the other side. But I mean, like, okay, well, we don't believe that that happens. Well, you know, again, I'm just telling you, I'm showing you a picture. I'm telling you, I could show you picture after picture after picture of when I take pictures of the fire, there's a man standing in it or there's a man walking around in it or something like that. Okay. Thank you very much. So, so, um, I actually had a dream, uh, and by the way, and you were with me that night and how the spirit of the Lord showed up. It's crazy. Cool. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Okay. I have, I have learned that when it comes to the angelic and when it comes to the demonic, uh, that when it's demonic, let me tell you what the answer is. The answer is not that you interview the devil for 45 minutes and try and figure out everything about it. You just bring the presence of Jesus. Right. That's okay. Right. I'm telling you, the presence of Jesus in the atmosphere of heaven is kryptonite to anything demonic. Anything demonic. And then, secondly, when it comes to when it comes to encounters with God, when it comes to angelic assignment, when it comes to things like that, um, you, it's something that you can grow in because the more you press into, no, I want this to be real. I want to hear God speak. And the more you begin to profess the word of God, the more you begin to declare, it just becomes more and more and more a regular part of your prophetic life. I just recently had a dream uh, within the past two months. And in the dream, I was laying in the bed that I was actually asleep in and I woke up and there was an angel that was standing there. Now he didn't he didn't have wings, but I knew that he was an angel. It was just this really big guy. And he said, hello, Troy. And I said, hello. And he said, he said, I have a blood report. And I said, okay. And he said, there's some things that you need to know about your blood report. I had just been to the doctor because I'm old. You're still a young man. And, uh, uh, but I'm old and, and I have to go to the doctor now. And so I, I'd gone to the doctor and I got a blood report. And he said, I'm here to show you a different blood report. And he had a piece of paper that was folded exactly the way my doctor blood report was, which was in three different places. Gang, gang, gang. And he unfolded it and he began to say, you have a high level of favor in your blood. Hmm. Meaning from generations before me, there were favorable things that my ancestors did that was actually part of my DNA that the Lord was waiting for me to be born to make that mate to, um, to make that manifest. And then he began to tell me, you also have a high level of this and a high level of that. And then he said, you have a low level in this and you have a low level in that meaning you need to bring that into your bloodline. I, that's a crazy dream, but that truly was a, a true prophetic dream that I recently had. And there was an angel involved in it. Have you, have you ever seen an angel? I actually saw an angel at your church. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and that's been a thing that I began to experience even as a child, uh, and my children see angels and, um, and they've seen their angels. I've seen my angel. Um, and, uh, and there's some fascinating areas that we could go, uh, you know, diving into some of that. Um, I, I, I was thinking of, 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 uh, Whenever I stay at a hotel now, uh, where I, I usually travel about once a month, and um, uh, whenever I stay somewhere, um, I'll always pray over the room and plead the blood of Jesus over the matter in the room. Yes. Um, even even the uh, in science now, uh, they have proven that matter has memory, um, even to the degree of. Uh, it's funny. I had a dream the other night, and it was like I, I had a USB stick, but it was actually just a piece of wood, and I was looking at it, and. Um, 
and it, there was nothing special about it. There, it, was, it, was, it was just a, a, an organic piece of wood, but I knew that all the information that I needed was on that piece of wood. Well, what's stick. interesting, yeah, it's stick, that's right. Yeah. And what's interesting is that they're actually saying that, um, that they'll be able to imprint data on inanimate objects where that data can be retrieved later on. So I want you to think about that in terms of the spirit. When you come into a room that's being uh, rented out by different people every single day, and there and that room, like a like a stick, like a like a like a camera, begins to have all of these different experiences imprinted into that room, and then you come in, and then you're going to rest in that environment. Um, it's really important that you just cleanse that environment with the blood of Jesus. Why well, I, I didn't always used to do that. There was a time that Andrea and I we stayed at a really cool hotel in Seattle. That had been restored but this was an old hotel so a lot of imprinting in a particular room and i didn't pray or anything or staying there and in the middle of the night my spirit man it's funny that jesus would refer to our bodies as being like a house you know and that you can clean your house but if you don't fill the house then you'll have seven more that come back right so we are like a house and uh, and if you've got a nice house you put an alarm system in your nice house because you want to protect it from intruders, right? And so our spirit man is our alarm system. It's always awake. Your spirit man doesn't sleep. Your soul gets to rest. Your soul gets to tune out. Your, uh, uh, but when you sleep, your spirit man doesn't sleep. Your spirit man is your alarm system. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awake. It's alert. So we're in this hotel room, and my spirit man woke up my soul. It was like, uh, like, like an alarm system. And when I woke up, I saw the, uh, a big Java the Hut looking creature with these big tentacles coming right out like an octopus. And, and this thing was right in front of my face. And before my soul even knew what to do, my spirit man rebuked the spirit and it, it, it exploded like an explosion of light. And then it was gone. Um, I asked a friend of mine who is a seer in the spirit, what is this job of the hut looking octopus thing? He said, that's a spirit of lust. And, and, and nine times out of 10, you've got job of the hut looking things in hotel rooms. Even in the world, I've heard people say that, that sex is better in hotel rooms and they don't necessarily know what the deal is with that. Oftentimes there is actually a, a demonic spirit where in the world you would equate things in a certain kind of way. So again, um, we don't get freaked out about these things. In the same way, we shouldn't be ignorant of these things. And it's just really good. This is the world that we're living in, is that we need to be discerning and we need to be engaging in spirit and in truth, not just with demons, but in the place of worship, realizing that we are a spiritual being and these realms are just as real as this physical realm that we tend to idolize. So good. Yeah, I don't ever, ever, ever enter into a hotel room that I don't pray over. I, anytime I enter into any house, I always say blessings and peace on this house in Jesus name, peace in this place in Jesus name, you know, and that's, we're instructed to do that. Jesus told us to do that, but we don't actually, we, we think it's a metaphor or something. No, it's not. It's actually him telling us to do that. And I don't ever leave a hotel room without praying for all the people that's going to stay in that place oh, that's after good. my room. 
I always yeah, pray, Lord, you see the generations to come, the thousands of people that are going to stay in this place and sleep in that bed and hang out on this couch. And I pray for them. I pray, God, that you fill this place up with dreams and visions. Let the spirit of the Lord move. I pray, God, for angelic visitation in this place. I do that every single time. Oh, yeah, right I, I, I don't do that. So I'll, I'll have to start. That's really good. <laughs> Hey man, listen, I have a question. I have a question for us, Pastor Darren. I'm going to bring it up here. He says, a key is, I think Akisa says, Akasa, Akasa like Vanessa. I know who that is. How do you cancel a young adult family member who is buying occultic literature? Yeah. And I'd love to hear from you on this, Pastor Troy, as well. But I think it's the whole thing of honoring people with honesty. I believe that one of the highest forms of honor is honesty and i so appreciate it when people love me enough to level with me and i think that, that one of the ways that we can do that is just by saying hey look i know this is a little bit awkward but i am concerned i'm concerned about the literature uh, that you're buying and i'm and i'm really curious like why are you buying this literature what is it that you're actually looking for sometimes um what we do in the church is we try to put rules on people and so we try to say, well, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. Um, but rules without relationship breeds rebellion. And so I think that if we can really, uh, with a lot of grace, try to lean in to find out why, what's going on here. Um, they're looking for something. And then through relationship and just through a, a culture of honor and honesty, then you can begin to let them know. Uh, you can begin to teach them and equip them and disciple them. That's one of the cool things that Jesus did is he actually discipled people into a revelation of who he was you know so a lot of times we think that people need to get saved and then we disciple them but jesus discipled people into a revelation of, of the father and who he was so if somebody's buying occultic literature what an awesome opportunity to organically disciple somebody into a relationship with jesus and um and they need to be aware of how real that realm is how exploitive it is um how if you go into the spiritual realm uh, through any other portal that is not Christ Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? The only way to the Father is through him. He is uh, He is the, the sheep gate. Uh, so, and if we go into a very real realm, but through a counterfeit mediator, then you're going to experience things, but they're not necessarily uh, truthful. We do a lot of ministry in Seattle with ex-New Agers, the people that have come out of the occult, and it is uh, one of the things that we do have to do is break uh, soul ties and attachments between these people and the spirit tutors, the guides in the spirit that have been educating people in the realms of the spirit. There are very real ties and things that take place here. And when you break those, freedom comes. And sometimes you get healed of diseases and, and joy comes and depression breaks. And so uh, this is very real stuff. People are being taught in the spirit realm by false teachers and mediators and tutors. And, um, uh, and, it's, and, and again, as the body of Christ, we need to become more um, competent in the areas of the spirit so that we can disciple people from a culture of love and honor. What do you think, Pastor Troy? Yes. <laughs> you know what, man? I just want to make it a little bit awkward because I like that. Yeah, you know what, man? I was breathing. Here, here, yeah. <laughs> Here a few years ago, um, my beautiful bride became uh, connected to her first cousin that she had not seen in more than 20 years. It had actually been like 30 years. 
and she lived in Portland and we were in Portland all the time. And, uh, she contacted her and she said, yeah, man, you need to come over. And so we went over, uh, she was a lovely girl. We loved her very much. We, you know, she invited us to spend the night. Uh, she said, look, I want to sleep on the couch. You guys go sleep in my room. And, uh, we got ready to go to bed. We had a, a, a great time, went into her bedroom, closed the door and looked, and it was nothing but witchcraft paraphernalia from one end of her room to the other end all these books of witchcraft um uh certain kinds of clothes all kinds of crazy stuff i'm talking about next level crazy stuff and i was like wow i knew the second i went into her house oh she's involved in witchcraft i knew it and uh i i just i mean you know you can feel that witchcraft spirit and so um that night i told leanna well uh, we're in for a night here tonight. And she said, I know. And so, uh, I, we, I started blessing the room. As soon as I started praying for the room, I started like choking where I couldn't talk. And I went, okay, this isn't going to work. And I had to fight through that. And then I got to where I could talk again. And I was, still was coughing a whole lot. I said, nope, that's not how this is going to go. And I just went, okay, this is it. I rebuked the devil, and I began to just invite the presence of Jesus. And Leanna and I just sat, and we began to worship and worship. I put on soaking worship. And I just began to fill up the room with the presence of God and my prayers and my honor for the glory of the Lord. And we began to do that. Um, the next day, um, whenever we saw her and everything, and, and she knew now what she didn't know whenever we first came there, but she knew now I was a pastor and she, and she also, and she knew that we knew that she was a witch. She said, well, I guess this will be the last time, you know, we're ever going to see you. I said, Oh no, 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 no. This is not the last time I want to see you again and again. I'm so grateful for you being connected to my wife. I didn't say anything to her about the demonic attack that had happened against us. As a matter of fact, as soon as it happened to me, I began to pray for her. Wow. You know, I began to pray for her and uh, all that. I left several of my books, which I had in my, in my suitcase because I was doing a conference. I left several of my books on top of her witchcraft books and signed them and signed them to her and just said, Hey, please, That's please awesome. check this out. And, and thank you for having me in your room. I didn't tell her about, do you know a demon tried to kill me? Do you know this? Do you know all this kind of stuff? Like, what did you do? Did you have anything to do with that? And we began to build a relationship with her. Now this was a, this was a 50 year old woman who had been involved in witchcraft since her youth. She had no exposure to Christianity whatsoever, no exposure to Christ. And I can just tell you that as we began to build a relationship with her, uh, Leanna and I had another meeting with her, uh, closer to Seattle and, uh, we talked with her. We, we met up there at the great wolf lodge, you know, the great wolf lodge just between, uh, Seattle and Portland. Right. Oh, and wow. we met up there and we just spent a day with her, you know, talking with her and we began to, we begin to, as you say, honor her with this. And we just told her, we just said, look, you know what, man, you are a grown woman and we bless your right to choose what ever you want to choose and do whatever you want to do, because we've already decided we're going to love you. It's a dream come true for Leanna to be connected to you. And she loves you so much. And I can tell that you love her. And she's like, I, I do love her. I said, okay, here's the deal. This is, I think that there's some choices you would make if you knew, I just don't think that, you know, and she said, why don't you think I know? I'm like, Nope. It's not that I think that you're stupid in any way whatsoever. It's I just, I just think you don't know how awesome you are to Jesus and how much he loves you. 
and how much I just, I just don't think you know how available he is to you. And I started talking to her in that regard. And she was like, yeah, the whole Jesus thing and the whole church thing is, is not for me. Said, I know that you think that, but I think, I think you're perfect, perfect for the Jesus thing to make a very long story short. Um, she, um, ended up coming out here and staying with Leanna and I, she came to church on a Wednesday night and, uh, first time she'd ever been in church in her life. And at the end of the service, she gave her heart to Jesus. Totally. Anna, I'm giving my heart to the Lord tonight. Totally. Anna's mom. I'm becoming a Christian. She denounced all of her witchcraft and, uh, she didn't, I, I, I we didn't know this, but, she had had a, a diagnosis a year before that she wouldn't live to see three months. And this was a year later. And uh, she truly gave her heart to the Lord. And uh, she passed away, I would say, within the year. And the last part of her life, she was a full-blown, full-blown, drop-dead, sewed-out Jesus freak. We we wow. just, we loved her into the kingdom. That's what we That's did. So good. That is so good. Well, Pastor Darren... Uh, you're joining me today on The Prophetic Life, and you're doing such a good job. For everybody that is watching, if you tuned in since we first started this, this is a special edition of The Prophetic Life, our 120th episode. And when you sign up for The Prophetic Life, you can actually go through the archives of all 120 hours as, as we talk through situations like this, as we go through pr prophetically. How I, I just want to coach people through stuff like this. And then I have fascinating and wonderful people like Pastor Darren that joins me on this. And I hope that you guys will consider joining this private community by going to troybrewer.com or by calling 877-413-0888. Pastor Darren, it's just about time, man, for us to wrap this up. So what do you want to close on, man? I still have, I still have five more things. I actually have three more things, but, but I don't have time to get to it. Well, how would you, if you were going to coach people into one of those, what, what are your, just, can you give me your closing yeah. thoughts on dealing with haters and, and, and supernatural atmospheres and dealing with angels and demons go. Okay. So yeah. And, and I can just, I, I, I love to just give some real practical steps for people to, uh, to be able to see some transformation in their relationships. So this might even be applicable yep, that. For, uh, for the last person that asked about a relative that's getting into the occult. Okay. Um, we talked about honoring people and, and honesty that, 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 that that's, that's really good. Uh, first of all, Jesus wants to encounter people. Uh, he loves that. Um, uh, he has put eternity into the hearts of man. Okay. So first of all, if you want to lead people into an encounter into their transformation, the good news is, is that that's the will of the Father. It's the will of the Father that none would perish, okay? So if you've got a family member, if you've got a neighbor, if, you've, if you're running into a complete and total stranger and it just becomes obvious that the Lord wants you to minister to them, I want to give you just a couple of, uh, of quick tips, uh, a sequence, if you will, that's really going to help you out. And um, so if you want to write this down, um, then, then go ahead and do it. Uh, but the very, the very first thing is, is to tell them what the gospel is. And, and to do it quickly, right? And don't mess around. And I'll, and I'll give you an example right now, okay? And I do this all the time. You can go and watch our Sunday morning service from this last week. You'll see me do this. Here it goes. Everybody thinks that good people go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. And we are all in need of forgiveness, right? And, and so you're in need of forgiveness. I'm in need of forgiveness. 
Um, and if that's why, that's why Jesus came. He died on a cross for all of our sins. If you believe in him, he'll forgive you. Enough about that. There's a lot of different ways that you can say that, but you've got to learn how to present the gospel in your own words. You've got to be able to do it like in a minute, like a minute or two. Okay, so that's a very, now that's going to be awkward, especially if you've never done that before. But a lot of times in the church, we, we pray for people, we heal people, we, we do a lot of stuff, but we don't know how to, to share the gospel. That's what we call planting the seed. And you can't harvest a seed unless you planted a seed. The reason why a lot of people aren't leading people to Jesus is because they haven't shared uh, the gospel. So I know people that are uh, uh, students that are doing lots of healing, healing the sick on the streets all the time, but they're not leading people to the Lord because they just haven't learned how to do that. Okay. So it's the very first thing that you do with your relative, whatever. Hey, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to experience Jesus. It's going to be wild. But first of all, real quick, a lot of people think good people go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people. We all need Jesus. Okay. Enough about that. Now let's pray. Number two, pray for people. Okay. But when you pray for people, don't just start prophesying and don't just start praying from your soul, right? Don't just start talking. That's how most of us pray. You go up to the ministry line at the front of the church. That's how most people pray. They just start prophesying. They just start talking. No, we have to lead people into an encounter. And that means that we just, uh, we can lay on of hands and just say, Jesus, come. Jesus, would you come right now? We welcome you, Jesus. Come. Holy Spirit, come right now just come see i'm not talking i'm not prophesying i'm not creating visual pictures i'm just inviting jesus come touch right now your love right now your peace right now come right now and then you watch you keep your eyes open all right so plant the seed share the gospel number two bring an encounter with jesus okay jesus come that's all you have to know i don't know how to pray for people do you know how to say two words jesus come when right now Fresh touch right now. That's all I do, okay? And we just do that. And guess what? Jesus shows up. I promise you, Jesus will show up, okay? And your unsaved relative, your neighbor, they're going to begin to fill it. The, the third thing is you stop, okay? And you just ask them, what are you experiencing right now? What are you feeling right now? Okay, you ask them, and they're going to tell you, I feel peace, I feel love, okay? And then you tell them, that's Jesus. He loves you so, so, so much. This isn't just an emotion. This is Jesus, and you can, you can receive Jesus. Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Pray with me. Okay, so that's, that's it. Share the gospel. Encounter, right? Jesus, come. Jesus, come. I, hey, if you hear me pray, I, I'm not a brilliant prayer. A lot of times I don't even prophesy. Why? It's... it's, it's Sometimes it's not about that. It's just about setting up the encounter. Jesus comes and touches them, and all of a sudden, for the first time in their life, they feel hope. For the first time in their life, they feel peace, right? And then you let them know that's Jesus. He loves you so, so, so much. And you will see, you know, I, 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 I've been working with a team here in Seattle. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing people uh, leading people to the Lord for the very first time. They haven't, you know, and Pastor Troy knows this, 90% uh, of the church has never shared their faith. They've never led anyone to the Lord. Why? Because they believe that's the job of a pastor. But I'm telling you, um, we are seeing people for the very first time in their life leading people to the Lord, not just one person, but like, like, like loads of people. And it's all through encounter, and they are just lit up. They're on fire right now. And now you know everything I know. You just go back and watch this, practice this. It'll be so easy. You'll say, oh, my gosh, this Jesus is so real. I mean, I believe in him, but oh, my goodness, this is real. He'll show up when we invite him. That is so good. Pastor Darren, 
that's uh, that's some good coaching right there. And that's exactly what we want to do. And that's what I'm, I, I'm so want to help people step by step and help people and bless people and encourage people to go to the next level. And I think that you just did that in a really good way, man. Thank you so much for helping us, man. Thank you. Oh, it was an honor. So much fun. Hey, Buddy, Pastor Darren. Hey, man, if people want to get a hold of you, what do they need to do and how do they do that? Hey, go to my uh, website. It's my name. It's darrenstott.com. And, um, and check, check it out. Got a lot of really cool stuff uh, hitting there as well as seattlerevivalcenter.com. If you're in the Pacific Northwest area, check us out. Seattlerevivalcenter.com. Hey man, will you start doing this with me a lot? Because I do, I do the prophetic life at least twice a week. Sometimes I do it three or four times a week and I typically do it by myself or I will occasionally bring in somebody, but dude, you're so good at this. Will you start joining me and, and helping me with this? Come on, help a brother. Yeah, for a thousand bucks a week, Pastor Troy. Yeah, I, would I, I knew there'd be. You're a preacher, and preachers Here's cannot be thing, trusted. If you want that? You, no, you'll have to arrange that now. My typical rate is three thousand a week. So. <laughs> yeah, you're such a preacher, and preachers are all after your money. That's what. That's all you guys are like that. Hey, listen, I still have three more questions I want to ask you, and so you're gonna have to come back. the The next question, I, the next question I was gonna ask you, was this one right here. Watch this. Okay, pressing into supernatural encounters, right? You just now covered some of that. The next one, you're really going to like this one. Nephilim and the days of Noah. Okay. And then the next one after that was a kingdom view of UFOs and paranormal craziness. Oh, my goodness. That's next time. That's next time. Only here on Prophetic Life. The prophetic life. Now you can also join Pastor uh, Pastor Darren Stott on his show, The Pathetic Life. I don't, <laughs> I don't recommend that. I would encourage you to join me here. Listen, this is nothing to that we do in the prophetic life. Is I'm very much and we have. If you have too much success in your life, join me for pathetic life, and we'll bring you down a notch. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry, Master Darren. I sure do love you, man. Hey, listen, I love you with all my heart, and I'm so proud of you, man. I praise God for you, brother. Thank you. Come back and join me soon, okay? All right. You got it, Dad. Okay. Tell me one more time, how do we find you? Darren's... Look, I just turned him off. <laughs> hey, I broke, I broke it. It's TroyBrewer.com. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, Darren. Dar- yeah, it's TroyBrewer.com. <laughs> I won't do that anymore. DarrenStott.com, correct? I, I quit. <laughs> DarrenStott.com. DarrenStott.com. I'll see you later, later buddy. Get water bottle. <laughs> okay, I'll see you later. I love you, man. Okay, you guys. <laughs> that's guys, that's Pastor Darren Stott from the Seattle Revival Center. Uh joining me for this special 120th episode of the Prophetic Life across all of my social media platforms, which typically is only exclusive to those who have signed up for the Prophetic Life. Do this several times a week. Always do one on Tuesday, always do one on Wednesday. Sometimes I do several more, but at any time, if you are a part of the prophetic life, you can go back, man, and you can look through every, all of it, you know, the entire archives and go through there. All kinds of subjects, numbers that preach, how the heavens declare the glory of God, angels and demons, different books of the Bible, how to hear God speak, how to have a prophetic lens, how to be someone who goes after the goodness of God in the land of the living, and that's what we do. Uh, I would encourage you guys to do that. Simply go to TroyBrewer.com 
or you can call at any time. Go to 877-413-0888. That's my team, my good friends, right here in this building, right here on this very complex, uh, our communication center. So it's always a free resource to you. I encourage you to go there, use that, let that be a valuable resource to you for prayer, for if you need resources, if you want to know what's going on, or if you want to sign up for anything. All right, guys, that's all the time that I have for today. I call you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and highly favored of the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Boom!